0: Welcome to Banking on KC. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. With us on this episode is Susie Aaron, the president of Aaron Real Estate. Susie has been integrally involved in developing Kansas City's urban core and specifically the Crossroads Arts District. Welcome, Susie. Thank you. Nice to be here. Well, I'm very excited to hear your perspective because you have been involved with the Crossroads redevelopment since the very, very early days. In fact, I have heard you referred to before as the mayor of the Crossroads. Well, you
1: never know about something like that. It really takes a village as somebody much cleverer than I said. But I've been around a long time, so I probably have a key to most of the buildings in the neighborhood, so I probably know a lot of people.
0: Take us back. You know, at one time, the Crossroads District was, it was basically a warehousing area. It also served the film industry. Some people may not know that, but Hollywood used to have some offices there and Disney. But then both of those were eventually abandoned and It really wasn't doing much, but then it was rediscovered by Kansas City's creative community. And as I said, you've been part of that transformation. So talk with us about the early days of rediscovery and what led the artists to the district and how they started to rebuild a neighborhood culture there.
1: Very often, artists find a community where the rents are affordable And very often, they create an excitement that later leads to the success of a neighborhood. But in the very beginning, it was a neighborhood that was about 80% empty. It was a neighborhood early developed by those who used Union Station. And they would get on the train and get off the train with their product and reassemble it and put it back on the train again. Hmm. You you talked about the movie district. Uh, we do have a number of all brick buildings that really appealed to the screening rooms so they could take care of their film, which was so flammable. The different studios from Hollywood would send their films to the Kansas City Film District, and people would come in from all the little towns all over the country and screen the movies. And they would decide which movies they wanted to buy and show at their theaters at home and get back on the train and leave again. So we had a number of products that were in our neighborhood at the time when so much of our business happened around the train. A lot of grain, there were a lot of breweries, and a lot of automobile showrooms was early days for Crossroads. And then it went quiet, as a lot of our cities did. And when the artists and people who were interested in affordable rents got to the neighborhood, that was probably in the 80s, and started getting redeveloped
0: in the 90s. That success was a double-edged sword. You talked about how the area attracted them because it was affordable. So talk with us about the redevelopment that started taking place, that started attracting some of these other businesses there. And although that was a good thing, some of the original people who made it a place to be were being forced out, essentially.
1: You know, there was a transitional time when the artists and galleries developed, actually, it was kind of interesting that that you asked that question because First Friday, which many people know in our community as a fun place to be the first of every month where all the galleries are open, lots of people come and have a street party and buy product. We also have been very fortunate to attract terrific restaurants, chefs, chefs. Mm-hmm. So we've had a lot of creative people in our neighborhood. And that attracted a certain clientele that wanted to be a part of the energy of the developing community. And so we kind of all got together in different ways as entrepreneurs to do Practical problem solving, just like any real estate development would. How do you park your cars? Where do you park your cars? What are the hours that you're allowed to leave your cars on the street? How do we deal with trash? How do we deal with all kinds of issues that people all over the community that own properties have to answer? How how these collaborations happen are just you just kind of find your way by getting a group together and talking to your neighbors, and when you find similar problems to be celebrated, you do one thing. When you find problems that need to be solved, you do another. So one of the things that happened as a number of artists and galleries developed in our neighborhood, not many of them were very successful in the beginning because they were just learning how to do it. Mm -hmm. And so the group got together and decided that they would share mailing lists And because no one could really afford the postage, we would all put all of our invitations in one envelope and send it to a mass (laughs) mailing that we all agreed to. And believe it or not, that became
0: First Friday. So from a mass mailing, we get the First Friday we're all so familiar with.
1: Yeah. And so in the beginning, you would go to a gallery and, and maybe you would walk outside and you'd see 100 people that you knew. And would go to each other's shows and support each other. As that grew to 20,000 people, we had a whole other set of dynamics to deal with. Yes. So the group continued to get together to make decisions about things like security, going to the bathroom, cleaning up the trash. I mean, as I say, all of those normal how-do-you-run-a-neighborhood issues get solved by community communication. So. A development of neighbors got together and prioritized what we thought we needed to be dealing with and formed a neighborhood association called the Crossroads Community Association and developed a nonprofit board. And we've just had a fabulous group of property owners and tenants that have served as community volunteers.
0: Yes. And so from what started as organic growth has now progressed to a more coordinated effort under this organization. And I know that you have actually, in order to help some of the artists and to help others who want to come in and locate there, you personally even have helped to develop or been involved with uh, some various economic development tools. Tell us about some of those.
1: Well, I think as a real estate broker, I've been involved with lots of different kinds of developments at all levels of size, and some of the incentives that we got, it was decided by our group that it was really important for us to keep our creative class. As we got more successful, we needed to find a way to stabilize our rents. So that Mm -hmm. artists could stay and creative people could stay in the neighborhood and we could have this balance, which is so necessary for producers and collectors and users of the product. Mm -hmm. And so I went to Kay Barnes and asked her if she would consider helping us put together a PIEA, which is Planned Industrial Improvement District which was tax incentive that was being given to other developers. And so after a couple of years, it really took four years to define what this was since we were inventing it ourselves. We agreed that if a property owner would put 50% of his building and focus on creatives, that we would freeze their taxes. So the landlord owner would still be paying pilots that they would be able to guarantee that the rents wouldn't have to go up all the time as the tax bill increased with our success. So that was a program that we developed. We've had it for over 10 years now. We've actually had as many as 40 property owners that signed on to do that. And I think that's the main way in which we've been able to create a balance of tenants in our neighborhood. Mm We still have about 200 artists working as tenants in our neighborhood, and we also have about maybe 250 artists working for those artists. So as more and more artists are working behind computers instead of easels, you find that the tech world and the art world and the creative class has really expanded its identity in lots of different ways. But we've been able to stabilize our rents so that they can stay as the attorneys and the bankers and the residents have expanded in our neighborhood.
0: It has been quite successful, as you say, and the first Fridays has just exploded. You mentioned that there might have been several hundred people in the beginning and now there are, you know, tens of thousands, twenty thousand, I think is what I heard you say. Is that something that is sustainable?
1: What has happened and did happen in our community was that it became a big street party. For some people, it was perfect. They were able to come down. We had as many at one time as 54 food trucks. I mean, that's a huge amount of entertaining Mm -hmm. to not only host that try to keep safe. And as I say, deal with the trash and deal with all kinds of complex things that come with managing a party for 20,000 people on a monthly basis. We had 150 neighbors come out to a meeting to try to decide, did we really wanna keep this big street party going or was it really developing into something that wasn't maybe exactly as we wanted it to be? many, many people asked if we would return it art-focused and not have so much of a street party. And that really expanded, our neighborhood expands from Troost on the east to I-35 on the west, Truman Road on the north, and then goes to the railroad tracks on the south. So we have about 800 properties. It's quite a large neighborhood. And even if we spread out and even if we manage to have a bunch of people want to come and be with us, I think the neighborhood really decided just right before COVID hit that we really wanted to re-examine the
0: energy, the idea,
1: and what we wanted that first Friday to be
0: you know, you're a a real estate developer and you have been involved in some successful projects yourself. You've won the Capstone Awards for several and just been recognized for others. So tell us about some of your more prominent projects that are located in the area.
1: I think the best thing about our community has been the people that have joined us. And as a person who's been involved with the arts all of my life, I was really very fortunate to represent a number of those artists that first came to the neighborhood. And so I bought a number of buildings with my family, with uh, partners, and we have been involved for over maybe 25 years with owning properties. And most of our tenants have been with us for many, 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 many years. And so because I was lucky enough to be able to be very early in purchasing our buildings. We've been able to keep affordable rents. So I've been involved with many, many of the creative tenants that have been in the neighborhood.
0: What is next for the Crossroads? Where do you see it going? The Crossroads, one thing that's quite interesting
1: in our community, if you come to our neighborhood sometime during that time in which we developed, many tenants ended up owning their own buildings. And so if you come to the Crossroads, you usually stay. We have one terrific business that's actually, talk about the mayor of the Crossroads. I mean, this gal has had four separate locations. She runs an organization of women professional sports, and she has been on the same block in four different locations for over 15 years. So if you come to our neighborhood, you you probably are going to stay in our neighborhood. Sometimes you're upsizing, sometimes you're downsizing, sometimes you're a tenant, sometimes you're an owner, sometimes you end up an investor. So we really have a pretty incestuous group of people. One thing I'm finding really interesting now after COVID, because it got so quiet, and as you know, so many of our restaurants were vulnerable, and so many of our hospitality really were hurt. How we come back, and I believe we will come back, and are coming back, leasing has really picked up. And new people, new strong entrepreneurs, some of them in traditional businesses like beauty shop and advertising, they all remember how much fun it was And we have really good floor plate sizes. Mm -hmm. Our buildings are around 5,000 square feet for a floor plate. So we can handle small business. And I think we really care about small business. So I see all of these new people who are inventing themselves and many people who have been working for home all of a sudden starting to come back again and restaurants are filling up. And so I'm very positive about how our neighborhood will stabilize again. Building sales never halted. People still want to buy buildings in our neighborhood. And I think that's going to continue and, and has st- always been successful
0: a few minutes ago you mentioned the boundaries of the crossroads you gave you know the street locations that you know surround it but some of the most recent growth has been in the East crossroads. Talk to us about how that's changed the neighborhood.
1: We had one terrific investor Matt Abbott and at one time he jumped into the neighborhood and bought about 12 buildings. So we had a really fast redevelopment just because of his energy. And he was very open and interested in hospitality. So he put together several different kinds of hospitality, whether it was special events for weddings or he leasing his properties to breweries and to restaurants. And so the the East all of a sudden just kind of expanded into another area of hospitality. And I think the success of that has really been energizing other businesses to also come into that part of the neighborhood. So it's all growing happily all the way over to 71.
0: How has the Crossroads Arts District raised Kansas City's national profile and maybe serving as a model for other cities and and areas that had gone quiet.
1: One of the things that's so exciting is the business of the arts. And I really do believe we have many, many architects. We have many designers. We have a lot of, as I started to say, technical people who are designing on the computers. We have a lot of advertising agencies. We have the Performing Arts Center. We have the ballet is Right across the bridge, we have the symphony, we have a lot of the business of the arts that have been very attractive mm-hmm. to getting regional people to become interested in Kansas City. They might come down for a weekend. We have five or six hotels now. I mean, that is a huge impact on when people come to Kansas City and choose to stay in our neighborhood and eat at our restaurants. And so there's a lot of people coming in from out of town, not only to do business, but to stay in the neighborhood and eat in the neighborhood and be entertained in the neighborhood.
0: So it's definitely a tourist attraction in that regard. Susie, what drew you to the Crossroads area back in the early days of the transformation. I mean, why did you decide to devote so much of your time and effort and resources into this particular area?
1: I came from a garment company. Kansas City at one time was a huge town for making clothes. And our family had a factory downtown. So I grew up in these old historic buildings and were always fascinated by the architecture of the factory. So it was very comfortable for me to appreciate these buildings. And so when I decided to stay in Kansas City and become involved in the real estate business, I was attracted to this empty, abandoned neighborhood. And I'll say for a mother whose children left Kansas City, went to live in Boston and to San Francisco, those are two terrific cities that have great downtowns and I when I would visit my kids were very very much attracted to the urban communities and could see the success that had happened in other cities Mm -hmm. and so when um, I started to get involved because I've always been a art collector with the arts community I was very much interested and sympathetic i came to the neighborhood actually as kind of a part-time photographer and with a group called the Society of Contemporary Photography, we all volunteered and opened a gallery in the Crossroads in one of uh, Jim Levy's buildings. And uh, I was involved as a volunteer and we ran a gallery. So I was very much Uh, involved with the aesthetics of
0: the building and the creative people. As involved as you have been from the beginning in the revitalization of the Crossroads, in shaping what it has become, and with your continued involvement, shaping what it's headed towards, its future, what are you most proud of?
1: Oh, gosh, what a wonderful question.
0: I have to say it's all about the
1: people all of the friends that I have made over the years, and there is a camaraderie of shared experience and support for good times and for hard times. And I just know that during this time of reevaluation that we'll all get back as we are and talk about what we want our neighborhood to be as it continues to evolve. So I think I'm most proud of the fact that we are still grassroots all these many years later, and it is a neighborhood, and it continues to be a neighborhood. That's what I'm most proud of.
0: Well, and we are so very proud to have you as part of our Kansas City community. Thank you for all the work that you have done, and just love your passion. Thanks so much for being a guest on our show today. Thank you, Kelly.
2: This is Joe Close, president of Country Club Bank. Thanks to Susie Aaron for joining us this week to share the story of the people and ideas behind the revitalization of the Crossroads Arts District. Throughout its history, the Crossroads area has been at the center of some of Kansas City's most interesting industries. It was once one of the biggest Hollywood film distribution centers in the world. A young Walt Disney had offices there. It was home to thriving warehouse operations, In some ways, it's no surprise that when the area sat largely vacant in the 1980s and 90s, it was our artists and creative community, people who make a living bringing to life what others can't see, who reimagined what the area could be. Working at the grassroots level, they breathed life back into the area and eventually forged strong collaborative relationships with real estate developers, economic development professionals, city leaders, and others who embraced their vision. As a result of that thoughtful and organic development, today the Crossroads Arts District is a vibrant neighborhood and business district, teeming with artists, design agencies, restaurants, boutiques, tech innovators, and entrepreneurs of all kinds. And it's growing. Each of Kansas City's neighborhoods have personalities that make them unique, but together they are key to a better, stronger Kansas City. When our neighborhoods are vibrant and their residents are engaged, the entire Kansas City community is strengthened. Thanks for tuning in this week. We're banking on you, Kansas City. Country Club Bank, member FDIC.